0: Welcome to Ignite Purpose. This is Christina Foxwell and we are kicking into Extreme Ownership Part 2 with Michael Wilbo. Wilbo's joining me so that we can continue talking about how do we as leaders lead with extreme ownership and what are some of the key principles that we've really got to instill in our people and in our rhythm in order for us to be really leading a successful or actually healthy organization forward. I think sustainability is critical and I I think the only way we get it is when we truly walk in full accountability or extreme ownership this is extreme ownership part two with ignite purpose christina and wilbo and we can't wait to carry you through in our next part of our conversation so welcome
1: Yeah.
0: He's having a good laugh because obviously we're recording this back-to-back, so we're hoping you're enjoying it um, as you've dialed in again. Uh, but let's quickly recap. Extreme ownership, where does that term come from?
1: Look, it, it comes across a, a, a term from two gentlemen that, um, that I have the highest respect for called Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. Um, they wrote the book Extreme Ownership, um, plus a, a few other books um, that I mentioned, Leadership Strategy and Tactics and the Dichotomy of Leadership. And it's born out of um, their leadership experience from their time as US Navy SEALs and then Jocko being a SEAL um, commander. And really the premise of it is you must own everything in your world. There is nobody else to, to blame. So it's that humility part of, of leadership but it breaks things down into really um, strong, directive, um, bite-sized pieces to be more effective and we covered off a few of those um, in the first one and to open the batting on this one um, where I think uh, and the, the great part about the, the book Extreme Ownership um, by Jocko and Leaf is that it migrates the example on the battlefield and it gives you the mirrored example in, uh, the in business life yeah. and so most organisations love to complicate the hell out of everything that they do.
0: Why do you think?
1: Uh, Look, I I think there's um, some divisions in some organizations that are the complication department, that it's part of their job to be able to do that. But I just think that nobody sort of is that focused on the one end game um, that an organization has. And particularly as the organization gets bigger, that is more difficult to keep a handle on. But one of the key principles with an extreme ownership is keep it simple. The more complex the mission, the more difficult to execute and achieve. So think about it to to everyone that's tuning in. What is the mission that you're asking your people um, to achieve right now within your business? Um, If I was to go and ask them without you briefing them and said, what's your mission? Would I get 10, 20, 30 identical answers? Or would I get some ambiguity? Would I get a little bit of fluff with that? Like, do they know what the mission is and what accomplishing that mission looks like because if that's not clear then some other very key principles um, really start to fall by the wayside um, that are critical um, to being a successful leader and making sure that um, you lead a team that wins because that's your true measure of how good a leader you are is is successful failure. Okay I have a question for you
0: we've got mission and we've got purpose how do they sit together?
1: Well, I think they're totally aligned. I mean, the, the mission has got to be that, and there could be several missions to the overall um, goal, but um, they've got to be aligned in how people consider what their part is to play in the overall uh, mission or, or goal of a business.
0: So they understand if, their role.
1: Yeah, they've and got they're to, buy be able it. to do that. Yeah. And because we talked about the the buying piece um, that is so critical that the leader themselves have to completely understand and believe in that mission in order to be able to get the team to to buy into and we spoke in the first one about the why piece and if people don't understand the why which is a lot of times the missing link um, in organizations um, then everyone starts to attach their own why to what they're doing and it might not be the, the right one um, to actually galvanize and achieve um, the overall goal.
0: Can I use an example?
1: Yeah.
0: I'm just gonna use my practice. When we started this practice, it was about performance. And then I kept distilling it because that's what you do when you focus on your purpose. And it came down to making a difference to one person's life a day. And then I had a few people work with me who were then saying, well, we were a training organization And I'd go, no, because we're not training people to make a difference. We are standing next to people to inspire them to take an action that's going to shift the way they live their life. And um, the people that couldn't buy that mission and the purpose, because it was too deep, had to jump out of the ship. And you know what? That was hard for me as a leader because... I'm quite evangelical in my approach, as you know if you've listened to this podcast and Robo knows I've walked next to him for years. But I'm, I'm absolutely belief and faith-based around how I come across with my work, and you are too. And it's that in- intrinsic, and that's why a lot of the people in the military have high traditional styles yeah. in their motivator set because it's belief-based. And I think it's important, and I think it's okay if you're clear on your mission and you're clear on your purpose. If people jump out the boat, that's a good thing
1: definitely and, and if you take it in that military sense that's what sort of going through Navy SEAL training and things are all about but you've got some pretty elite soldiers going through that program but not all of them uh, are going to make it or align to what that particular um, goal orientated is a, a bit a Navy SEAL is so I think that If you look at it from that point of view, and and look, this time that we're going through at the moment in terms of the impact of COVID-19 and the impact that it's having on all businesses, some of these principles of extreme ownership really start to play. And a lot of uh, fear Mm -hmm. is going to start to come into organizations and leaders. And one of the the areas around extreme ownership is that leaders cannot be paralyzed by fear.
0: And that is a massive principle.
1: Yeah, it's huge. and It's critical for leaders to to act decisively um, but admit uncertainty and this is what we're going through at the moment with this crisis and what I think leaders have got to understand is they're not always going to have um, all the answers as we mentioned in the first episode but they've got to make the best decision they can on the immediate information available and they've got to be okay as a leader to know that that's not going to be the 100% right solution and you've got to be comfortable with that. Um, they've got to implement, prioritise and execute. And you can't effectively um, make people do things, you need to lead them through that. So that's a really big element in terms of um, what fear can do. And there's a, there's a, I guess, a, a mantra that's within the SEAL community that when they're in times of, of crisis or in battle and something's not going right, it's Relax, look around, make a call.
0: Oh, I, I, we need to actually write that down. Relax.
1: Relax, look around, make a call. So if you think about it, just like everyone, just close your eyes for a moment and think you're in the middle of a war zone, bullets are flying, and you sort of, what your plan was isn't working out. Um, you can't just stop altogether. You've got to be able to sort of, like they saying, relax to the best you really so you can clear your mind a tad to think about what you need to do look around what is around your immediate self that you can utilize as leverage to be able to do and then make a call. It's not the ultimate call. It's a call to get to the next step. Um, And when you're talking about that military environment, that next step could be survival or not survival. So when you go and translate that into the business world, it's just how do you just take a pause? Look around at what you've been doing and what needs to be done and just make an immediate call on what needs to be done with the information you have and don't be paralysed by fear. Just take that next step forward and then that next step forward and that next step forward and that's when you'll get to a, a sort of a, a crawl, walk, run um, scenario within your, your
0: business. Okay, so let's let's peel this back because we're going to put it into uh, live business uh, focus. COVID-19 hits, Um as a business leader, you're going, nah, it's not going to be that bad because you know we it's like boiling the frog slowly. Sorry for any animal lovers out there I haven't done that, but so we're getting used to this. It's difficult, so and then suddenly. That fear and the we have to take care of ourselves hits. It is one of those things. As a leader, that relax goes out the out the out the door. Because here's what happens in our brain. I have to I have to do this, okay? Our brain goes through that mental hijack, that emotional hijack. We freak out, fight, flight or freeze. We actually are not thinking, all the learning centers in the brain shut down, so our brain's not lighting up with opportunity or hope, it's lighting up with risk or failure or all the negative things that we can possibly come up with, so that relaxing is immediately taken out. Look around, man, I don't see anything but my own rubbish at the moment. I am faced with my fears of my shame and letting my family down and not being able to live, and I'm living in a future that's not even realized yet, and then that make a cool piece never happens because I'm running around like a headless Uh, For anyone who's listening that's not Australian, that's a chicken. Um, But I'm not downplaying it because I'm a business owner and everything you've just said, I've gone through. But the, the thing that's carried me through was after I did my headless chook thing, because by the way, that's normal. I went because you've done it too right ran around like a yep. headless chook. then you oh, sit you sit down and go okay none of this is helping me I need to be peaceful yesterday I sat on my purple couch plugged my earphones in and did a 10 minute meditation because I thought my, I went through that moment of crazy that just hit me and it's hitting all of us at different times uh, in our day and it's just about keeping peaceful so I like that I want to reiterate it what are those three things Robo? let's run through them again
1: relax look around make a call
0: do it do it. And,
1: and the other part that I think that, and this is, again, I'm just going to keep sort of banging on about this, and this is why I love Jocko and Lee's extreme ownership principles, is if you can always picture yourself in a war zone, yeah, it starts to give you a lot of clarity that maybe what you're going through at the moment within your office <laughs> or your corporate environment isn't as extreme as, as what soldiers have to go through, or isn't as life and death. So, what they've done incredibly well is they've trained and they've trained and they've trained and they've trained so the the relaxed part becomes a reflex because that's what they've trained to do and when bullets are flying and in the most horrendous environments possible they they rely on their training so I think what um, corporations could do better is focus more on not the the stereotypical training but training in, in concepts like brene brown and, and her teachings and and jocko and leaf with extreme ownership and embed those training disciplines so those when are resilience
0: yeah
1: yeah when crisis does hit they can pause and reflect because the planning piece is another really important pillar of extreme ownership. Like, If leaders don't 100% understand the mission and can communicate it effectively, then everything is lost. So if we're going through everything through a coronavirus at the moment and the leaders are paralyzed with fear, then the rest of the organization is going to spiral out of control with fear because they're not controlling that, that mindset within their team. And remembering, they might not be making the right next move, but they're making it a. on what is the best information available for them at this point in time.
0: True. So I think that's the thing we've actually got to just quickly stop on. When we, when we fa- leaders are faced at the crossroad, there's many crossroads, right? It's what is the next move? Um, a, a CEO that was my mentor when I was um, running the sales business in South Africa for um, the core business at achieved Global. Um, he said to me, Every day is a chessboard for you as a leader. You have to make a move. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can't just sit on the move because the move, if you don't make the move, it's going to happen for you. Yeah. Agree. Um, which is a really challenging thing. So when you take on the remit of leadership, how much responsibility are you carrying?
1: you're carrying all of it and that is extreme ownership but the, the beauty of it is if you can breed the concept of extreme ownership into your people and they're taking extreme ownership for their part and then the next person for their part all of a sudden you have got this incredibly strong organisation um, that will make stuff happen
0: Momentum and if you If you think
1: about this crisis at the moment and not knowing what to do or trying to predict what is going to happen, um, do you have a clear objective at the moment of what you're going to do in the next week, the next day, the next fortnight? Um, Is there a very simple plan that you can give to your team to go, this is what we're going to execute. Um, Can you This is for me, this is something that that I learned to do, It, it wasn't something that was a reflex, is delegate the planning process. And that doesn't mean give all the responsibility away, but I was very fortunate um, to work in my last tenure with with an incredible leadership team who, hand on heart, I can say I loved them as individuals and as people and respected them wholeheartedly for who they were professionally and what they brought to that team. And it wasn't until I was able to open up more as a leader and, and show my vulnerability and bring them more into the planning process. So I'm getting each of their expertise rather than just saying, hey, I've got to design all this myself because that's my job and I'm a leader and then I put a plan out that A, I don't necessarily buy into as much, or isn't as strong or as powerful as what it could be because I'm not leveraging their experience and their expertise. And that's that's a teaching that that my leadership team gave me that maybe they're not even aware of um, to this point in time. The the respect that I've been able to sort of um, build and generate out as, as a leader is a lot to do with their input in my development.
0: And, you know, I walked next to you as you were busy handing over some of those um, growth elements is the way I want to position this. And I can remember that some of your leaders were um, frustrated because often I think people want the leader to do everything because then we tell them what to do. But what you were doing and the support we worked together on was to get them to think for themselves and to walk through the discomfort of not knowing the answer but coming up with something, that innovative piece. Yeah. And you had to take your hands off.
1: Yeah, which is incredibly difficult for for people who've come up in traditional leadership roles because it's all about you and that's where the ego becomes involved. And being able to control that ego is,
0: is an incredibly important piece of extreme ownership. Mm, that is important.
1: And the other part that I think this crisis is is also forcing us to go through altogether together is uh, another sort of learning that pressure is inevitable yeah. as a leader. Um, that's sort of the price of admission. But your ability to remain calm and effective comes from establishing priorities and taking action. So rather than having everything in a big storm floating around your mind or going on around you, having those clear priorities is going to give you the compass to go, I'm going to move from A to B to C and I'm going to adapt as I go based on circumstances. Rather than worrying about Z, just take each step in front of you to be able to get yourself out of the the jam that you're currently in. with coronavirus we're all in the same jam where it is impacting all of us but it's in different ways and different industries are being um, affected in different ways that are all going to have to adapt in different ways so having that that sort of that sense of calm amidst um the chaos is is probably one of the the beauty aspects that i love and respect about um military personnel that they can operate under a very high-stress environment but still think clearly um, and execute. And that's sort of a, a skill that we can all continue to work on and develop.
0: I think, and I love that, I think because I've got to say this, the leaders I've worked with that are ex-military, and by the way, you would have been a great military man, but that's all I'm saying. Um, Too old now. Yeah, we just <laughs> leave it at that. I wanted to join the... the, the um, military in some way shape or form but i was told i was too little and then this and that anyway that's good enough. <laughs> um but here's the thought i think belief i'm going to come back down to that um, the leader needs belief in who they are the leader needs to have belief in their people the leader needs to communicate clearly the leader needs to inspire action even when it's uncomfortable for them The leader needs to stand in vulnerability, which is that extreme part of not knowing the answer, breathe deeply and be peaceful to take one step ahead. Um, And the leader needs to be honest enough, not knowing the next step sometimes or the next three steps, but knowing the belief around why we're here. Yeah.
1: And look, another, another thing to really test the minds of those tuning in is... There can be no leadership where there is no team.
0: Ah, boom.
1: So just let that simmer for a minute. Like, there can be no leadership where there is no team. So if you're running this dictatorship within your organization, you're not really the leader of anything. You're a title on a business card or a name on a door. It's only when you've got a team in place firing on all cylinders cylinders that there can be true leadership
0: it's true um and that is the joy and the pain
1: yeah and look in troubled times for leaders too they struggle with with both sides of their role so they've obviously got people to report into um, the powers to be and they've also got their their people their teams and so leading up and down the chain of command is another principle within extreme ownership that's that's really important. So when you're going up the chain of command, um, provide solutions um, and sort of plans of action rather than sort of um, waiting to be given direction or told. And then when you're going down the chain of command to your people, communicate to your subordinates on what their role will be yeah. and what the team expects of them. Yeah. And if those two things are happening in unison, that's when there can be those little bit more sense of calm, even if you're in a chaotic environment, because everyone's aware of what they need to do, how that's going to impact the team, and how it's going to accomplish the mission. Mm
0: -hmm. I love it. Yes, yes, and yes. And with that, we've come to the end of our second episode on extreme ownership. Now, we haven't covered all the principles, have we?
1: No, but probably you're going to ask me to sum up now in one, and I'll, I'll leave sort of one last principle with you and we can chat more in another podcast around some other areas of leadership in general because it's a really big topic and a really critical topic um, to, to cover off on but the, the last point I'll leave you with is um, Jock Owen leaves point around discipline equals freedom
0: mm, I love that
1: discipline behaviour which means processes, habits and practices results in you actually having more freedom And when you think about that in a corporate world, whenever we have processes, habits, or systems, we think they're constraining. We think they're the shackles that are coming on um, with us. But But being able to operate with, and that's why the term military precision is a term. Mm -hmm. But when you operate in that way, it actually brings you um, and affords you greater elements of freedom. Um, Discipline cannot be overrated in any way, shape or form in all of this and it is an undercurrent that makes, yes, the military environment successful, but it will make you in the corporate world successful, it will make you in life successful. Um, Discipline is a very, very big part um, of of a foundation that everyone needs to have. And if you don't have it and you're listening, um, it's time to put some disciplines in, both for you personally, for your teams, for the business, Um, and you will reap the rewards of of having that discipline structure uh, within your organisation.
0: And for me, discipline is rhythm. Yeah. Without a rhythm, there's no heartbeat. And it becomes really painful for people to get where they've got to go. Now, with that, we want to end this. We've done two episodes of Extreme Ownership. I will be (coughs) inviting Wilbo back so that I can get him to share some more of his information and actually i've got to be honest with you i really love this man i've i've, I've we're on the same page i've been ex- ecstatic to walk next to him for years and i want to say thank you for being on the show is there anything you want to say in conclusion
1: no i'm just internally grateful of, of having the opportunity to not only work alongside of you but what that's given me as a, as a professional um, I've taken great currency out of the time that we spent together and your teachings and learnings. And, um, yeah, I'm just grateful to have, have met you and be willing to keep doing things like this uh, alongside of you that hopefully sort of spread a little bit more information into, into other people's worlds that can make them more successful.
0: Well, our mission is ultimately to make a difference in the world, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So with that, with great love, we want to say have a good day and we want to say thank you for checking in please press follow we, Wilbo will be back I will be back we want to inspire you with tools ideas and thinking to shift the lens so that you can ignite purpose in your world to be more effective this is Christina Foxwell please reach out to me on christina at ignitepurpose.com.au or have a look at our website www.ignitepurpose.com.au if you'd like to check in with Wilbo it's Michael Wilbo on LinkedIn w-i-l-b-o-w by the way that's how his surname is spelled if you can't get hold of him and you'd like to reach out reach out to me and i'll set you in touch this has been a pleasure have a beautiful day and no doubt we'll speak to you soon bye